Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. We are back talking all things the DC and because we just had a major crossover event. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well, Sarah. I hope you're doing well. So did you notice I, like, cut out three sentences in that intro? I noticed Because you did. I, was, I was under a lot of pressure. Thank you. You, you did Appreciate well. That. Yeah, you did okay. well. You did well. I just, you got it in one thing? Yes, we did. We, we did. did. We got it. All and right. And you know what? We also have Patricia with us today. Back. Hi. How are you doing tonight, Patricia? I'm doing pretty well. Just as a warning, my cat has been very talkative today, so I apologize in advance for any interruptions. So, so it's the cat or the it's the cat, like capital C. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's our the pet. one you call cat, right? Our res- our, res- yes. our resident scene and pet. Yes. The mascot, unofficial. <laughs> she appreciates that. Finally, we have a very special guest host tonight. He is a GWW contributor and host of the Who Would Win Hero podcast. Please welcome Jay Sadlin to the show. Hey, yeah, how's it going? Good to be here tonight, everybody uh, up on your CW. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. We are, we are glad you're here. Like, we've just been seeing each other on Twitter for so long. Yes, we had a crisis and had to get together. Yes, we did. That's that's usually what happens. That's indeed what, yeah, very much so. Ass- assemble, assemble the podcasters. Yes, uh, we have four. Yeah, actually, instead of four, instead of four universes, we have four time zones. Boom. Is everybody in their own time zone? I believe so. Wow. That's Are you speaking awesome. existentially or? Uh... <laughs> no, like legitimately, like I know I'm in my own time zone. I'm in an Eastern time zone. Yeah, Alaska, Pacific. I've got the I've got the Central one. Wow. See, see, hey, crossover, hey. I see what you did there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we are so we're gonna talk the infamous Arrowverse crossover Crisis on Earth X. I got that all right, right? Yep. Why do I feel like there was more words in that title? Oh well, there was a there was an erroneous uh, Twitter hashtag that was "prices of Earth X" floating around around out there. Oh, oh. So we're just gonna go through the episodes and share our thoughts and opinions about it, and talk about double weddings and doppelgangers and oh my. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, why don't you um, talk to us about the Supergirl episode? What was your first impressions? Okay, and, and refresh me. That, that was the first episode, right? Yep, yeah. part one. Yep. Because the impression that you get is that the label of the show doesn't matter. It's all very shared universe from the beginning. So I, I, that's why I didn't even think of it as being the Supergirl episode. But uh, for starters, I was being very nitpicky as we got into the crisis. Um, uh, I was nitpicky about a few things, namely how Oliver was able to uh, travel out of town when he's on a $5 million bail for a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot about that. How, how did yeah. they – it's like, yeah, you, you may have killed a lot of people, but uh, we're, we're going to let you go to that wedding out of town. You go right ahead. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, you know, I was asking questions about that. Um, I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Let's, let's set, set the scene for me a bit. Remind me of some scenes. Okay. We got the, we got the wedding scene with the doppelgangers crashing. We have the dinner, dinner rehearsal, rehearsal dinner. Uh, we have the engagement, no engagement of all our implicity. We have the Alex and Sarah hookup. Hey, it's a we wedding. Have... Every wedding has a hookup. Yeah. Really? Wedding. I don't I don't get invited to those weddings. <laughs> or or I'm just missing the hookup. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> did, did we like Alex and uh, and Sarah as a couple, or was should that have just been a one night stand? I like them together. I like their chemistry. Um, but it was definitely just a one night stand. I think Alex has a lot more um, breakup issues to go through before she's ready to completely move on. I'm on board with what Sarah said. <laughs> like Sarah as in me or Sarah Lance? That Sarah as in you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not used to you agreeing with me. That's cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what did you think of the episode missy well the first one i really enjoyed like it was it was fun how they brought everybody together and they did little clips from each team on mm-hmm. whether or not they were gonna rsvp and like you know oliver's busy punching ninjas and that's more important than answering <laughs> felicity's question and <laughs> You know, um, there. Where was DC? Uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Um, they were in England, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. And they were. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that part was really well done, and it was really cool, and it was a nice little intro to sort of give us a a good idea of where everybody was at before they all came together for the wedding. So. Right. Right. Will. So I, I agree with Jay's point. I liked how um, it truly was a a crossover, and that they were it's very seamless. They changed the title cards for all the shows, um, so that it really learning from last year's you know three and three quarters crossover. <laughs> um, uh, this was really a full crossover with with all the universe. Um, as far as the episode itself, I think it, you know it. You know, it, it tied up with some of the loose ends as far as what we most of the characters have been dealing with for for the first you know first part of the season. Um, you know, uh, Jay's point about Oliver being uh, on Bell and able to travel to a new city—they could have like done a little better job of maybe you know explaining how that happened. Uh, but it's, it's it's TV, so you know we won't quibble too much. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 what I did like about it was just uh, the seamless nature of it and also um, the, the little you know, little jokes inside. I'm trying to remember, see, Barry, you know, like Barry and Oliver, when they were getting fitted for the tux, was that an episode, was that an arrow episode? No, it was in, the, it was in this one. It was um, in, yeah, yeah, it was in the first one. It was in the first one. Um, you know, just reminding that, you know, these shared characters in a shared universe, you know, outside of fighting crime all the time. Um, it, it, it was a nice humorous moment and very real moment um, between, between Barry and Oliver, just given that, um, you know, 
the Flash did spin off from that show, so it, it was a good, like, you know, nice touch as far as that. Well, it was a good callback because yeah. in the first crossover, well, the first like show crossover that mm-hmm. they did, they had that final scene where Barry and Oliver are looking at um, Felicity and Iris and saying like, guys like us don't get the girl. Yep, yep. And so that that's the tie-in that I really appreciated about that. Um, and also Barry had the best reaction to Oliver in a suit. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? I did. <laughs> yeah, it's total male, total man crush. <laughs> and he always complains about Iris checking out Oliver. Like, really, Barry? Really? Yeah, she she admitted just a few episodes ago that uh, Oliver Queen's a good looking man. So. Oh, yeah, she's always fangirling over Oliver. So, are we going to suggest that maybe uh, in an intimate moment she may have said his name before? <laughs> and that's kind of what's causing this insecurity. I think I think you just suggested it. I have no part in that suggestion, but I approve of it. Cisco's going to come over. Cisco's going to come over to visit one night and be like, "Barry, why do you have a green hood in the uh, closet?" <laughs> Did anyone else find it was okay? So I understand after rewatching the episodes why they kind of took Cisco out of the equation for at least the first two parts, but it just felt so awkward to me of how he, in the fight that ends the Supergirl episode, he gets hit with a piece of wood (laughs) and then suddenly he's unconscious for a good episode or two. Yeah, that was one hell of of a concussion. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, damn, Cisco, you got taken out by a piece of wood. (laughs) Like, it wasn't even elegantly. It was just like, bam, you're down. (laughs) They they did. I think they just wrote themselves into a corner since he can breach between worlds. They didn't have much of a choice but to take him out of the game when their friends were, you know, trapped on Earth-X. Right, yeah. exactly. It's, it's just, um, I guess I didn't see that when I was first watching it. It was more of my rewatch when I'm just like, okay, now I get it. I understand why. And it also makes sense in terms of how the last crossover, I felt like Barry and Cisco had some huge parts in that crossover. And so it was kind of like a trade-off where they allowed other actors to really step up and get the bigger parts and they kind of were benched I felt like for most of the crossover especially Barry considering it was his wedding I'm just like why doesn't he have more of a part in this it felt weird Barry's been benched forever I mean it's it's really become the Iris West show in a lot of regards um Well, you know, I, I've I've been married. You know, I've been married, and I, on my wedding day, I know that the the man just needs to show up and be there. That that's all you got to do. Yeah, true. The Good rest is, the rest is about her. Yep. That's, um, yeah. I went to I I did the thing in Vegas though. Mm. Well, did Same. it get inter- interrupted by a bunch of doppelgangers? It got interrupted when. Um, in the hotel room about 30 minutes before she ripped her wedding dress. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. And no, I just okay. suggested, I'm like, well, it's okay. You brought other dresses. Just wear one of those and get married. You know, so, so <laughs> that didn't go over very well. 
That's when yeah. you learn, just like you said, just, just show up it's a, and say it's I a story. Care. Yeah, it's a story for our grandkids one day. And speaking of grandkids, um, we saw the one that cameoed at the wedding, right? Yeah, so that was – I'm glad you brought that up. So do you think that was uh, Jesse Ugnaughts or do you think that was Don or Don? Uh, it looked like a Don to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Being like a non-comic book reader, I'm just like, who the heck is Dawn? And how do you know what she looks like? <laughs> well, we, we can elaborate a bit. Dawn is uh, the granddaughter of Barry, or the daughter da- or granddaughter Daughter. Barry. Daughter, no, daughter. Yeah, okay. the, the tornado twins. Yeah. All right. So the the idea is that she's time traveling to watch her parents' wedding. But if that were true, shouldn't she have appeared in the park at the end of the crisis? Right. right. Like that was my question. Because the I wedding wish... didn't happen, or maybe the Nazis didn't attack in the original timeline. And when I ask questions like that, I just go cross-eyed. Or. Maybe they, you know, maybe Barry and Iris, because one of the things that I was noticing, I think our friend Holly Anderson and some other folks on Twitter were, were commenting on was that, that Dawn uh, reminded Barry to say, I do. And he never did. He did not say I do in the moment when they finally did have the wedding ceremony in the park. So maybe it's a, a, a you know, they'll, they'll get to make nice and, like Oliver and Felicity will next episode and actually have the actual ceremony. Well, why didn't she warn him about the Nazis showing up to interrupt the first wedding? Maybe Gideon or the, did not have that in their record. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, since this is a, you know, maybe in her timeline, everything went fine. As we know, the show has like always, takes us off into many many off many off ramps to different timelines. Maybe in, in her timeline the wedding went off without a hitch. Right. But so then did she stay for the full wedding or did she just have the awkward conversation with Barry and then check out the door? Because I mean if she was just there to see their wedding, even if this wasn't the their official wedding, she still she wasn't around for a very significant part of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Maybe she ducked out already by that point. Uh, I don't know. It's a weak excuse. We it don't know what a, happened. We, we don't know. We don't have enough information. Right. Yeah. And it just – my question about it was that there was a lot of speculation about this guest appearance leading up to the episodes. And then when I saw it, I just didn't understand in terms of this four-part series if that was a needed – interaction to have at all because it didn't really seem to be have much of a purpose well i think it was just the purpose was the the foster what we're doing right now which is it was a nice easter egg moment just for people to to see what's to come i think i call back to the you know episode one this season where barry says we need more diapers of course that could also you know be related to joe uh, with his impending, with his. Uh, that was Joe's daughter. No. It, well, <laughs> they could be. <laughs> if, <laughs> I didn't think about yes. it, but actually, it could be. <laughs> what are you gonna say, I thought, I thought that interaction was really weird because I don't read the comic books, and I didn't even think. I thought that she was gonna show up later in another episode of these four. And then we would learn a little bit more about what the significant what 
significance was. So my question to you guys is, do you think that she's going to show up in the actual Flash series, like, after now are we yeah, gonna see yeah her? definitely yeah definitely they'll have mm-hmm. a, they'll have a they'll have a you know flashback to where she was at the wedding and probably reveal while she was there why she was there that day maybe something was hidden there that she mm-hmm. had to go acquire for another mission that's going to be a storyline another day and she couldn't risk uh or she couldn't resist not speaking to her dad hmm. back to the I future like that style. idea yeah yes Luckily, she didn't erase herself from existence. <laughs> or did she? And that's why she just randomly wasn't there when the Nazis showed up. <laughs> that's tragic. And that took a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> not, as tra- not as dark as some of the crap I've been seeing on Twitter this week. Gosh, people. Yeah. Well, well, the, uh, the, the show's the taken a dark turn. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Okay. Oh, I was just saying the show's about to take a darker turn too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think leading up to this upcoming week. Well, I think all, I think all four of the Arrowverse shows are with the season finales. I don't really get where they're gonna go after this. I'm gonna be like perfectly honest. Like after watching the crossover, I'm like, okay, so now what? Everybody's married. There's a few loose ends, but not not big ones for me, at least. And so it just it feels very, very neat and tidy right now for me with whatever, whatever, what what has been happening. But, yeah, anyway, well, they, they've all got their own storylines and their respective shows. So they'll they'll go back to that. You know, they kind of got a break. I wonder if the thinker was watching the crisis. Hmm. You know, that's a very good point. Well, it seems like all during this crisis, Rain, the Thinker, um, Kate and James, all all our all our baddies are sort of pushed to the sideline for the week. Well, the Thinker would have already um, decided that it was best for him to stay out of it because it would be in his best interest for the Nazis not to win, and then put him and the other disabled people into a camp. Hmm. Good point. So he's like, I'll hang back and let Flash take care of this one without having to, you know, exercise any brain power at all because he had already deduced that Barry and his team would win. Good point. Good point. Good in in universe uh, way to resolve that particular point. I was curious as to where William Oliver's son was. Like towards the end of Mm. the four episodes, I was like. Where is William in all this? I mean, Oliver was going to be gone for a week. He felt super guilty about not being honest or not bringing William with him on his little trip to, you know, to help out um, Slade Wilson. Like, he felt weird about leaving him behind. And yeah, this I, giant I, crisis. I guess William's with uh, Rochica. What's her name? Rosita? Rachel. 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 Not even close. <laughs> like, you you made a good effort, but no. <laughs> well, I just think it's weird because like this giant crisis is going on, and you know Barry is worried about Joe, and you know typically whenever something happens, Oliver is, oh my God, where's William? 
you know, and that's typically, and he doesn't even, he's not even mentioned, basically, except for by Felicity when they're having that little tough tiff, tiff thing, whatever. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Sorry, I killed it. <laughs> no, no, you you didn't kill it. I mean, I I didn't think much of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm right there with everyone else of just being like, oh yeah, Williams with Raisha. I feel like ever since they brought Raisha back, it's the automatic excuse for where William is. Oh, he's with Raisha. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's you you got it. That's why she's on the show. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty, their excuse, the the babysitter. <laughs> well, every this is really common on other shows because every time they give a kid to a main cast member, you either have to put the kid in the scene or explain why the kid's not there, and it gets really tedious. That happened on How I Met Your Mother a lot when uh, Marshall and Lil- Lily started having babies, mm-hmm. and, but they're still at the bar like every single night. Yeah, yeah. no, I can. Yeah. That's not what yeah. people with new kids do. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that because my, my son is three, and I'm just imagining, like, like, wow, what if, like, both of us were at the bar literally every night right, at, right after our kid had been born? No. Yeah. That, no you're just trying that to would get, not have. No, you're just trying to get sleep at that point. <laughs> but I, I think taking – he thought it would be a night away. Um, no one got a hotel. That was another thing. They were all kind of couching it in Joe's house or um, – where all were they staying? I think Joe's house, the loft, and maybe Stein's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they weren't very clear about where everybody was, just like it was the girls together and the boys together, it felt like at some point. Well, and does... also, I wish I could sleep fly as well. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, Clark Kent was sleep flying in the pilot episode of Smallville, so I wondered if that was an homage. Probably. Yeah. Whatever. Well, where did Sarah and uh, Danvers end up? Were they at a hotel? No, they were at. Was that Joe's? At Danvers. Was that Joe's? Um, what? I said they were. Were they at Joe's place or were they at in loft with at Barry and Iris's place? I can't. Yeah, it wasn't clear where they were staying. Oh, they were probably at the farmhouse that they went to last year. Oh yeah. <laughs> where did that farmhouse go? Right outside of Central City. Oh yeah. <laughs> you mean you mean the one where the Avengers met to figure out how to yep. be Ultron? Yeah. It's right across the street from that place. Exactly. Oh, okay. right, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Hawkeye's. <laughs> They're at Hawkeye's house. <laughs> What did um, everybody think about the doppelgangers and also the fact that Barry didn't have a doppelganger? They just allowed Ebard Thawne to come back. Um, yeah, well, as far as – yeah, well, uh, we, we, we've been down that road before with Barry and his doppelganger, so uh, they, they, they pretty much used that trope up last season. But, I mean, I guess with Thawne, it just – you know, Given that Fawn is Barry's um, primary villain, and not only canon but also also the show, and you know the multiple the multi- multiple ways escape hatches that Fawn has used over time to to escape evade death, it it just makes sense to have him as as the 
Barry's primary foil for the for the crossover. Um, Oliver and as far as Oliver's doppelganger, I thought uh, Dark Oliver was just basically uh, just a, a thug. Uh, didn't um, I mean it was compelling, but not um, you know. I just thought it was just a just a muscle thug, and then Overgirl, it, that that relationship to me between her and and Kara was was very interesting because I think both of them kind of touched on in the episode that uh, obviously they have their they have powers that they could basically both of them could take out every one of them in, in one fell swoop, but uh, even though but each one of them in their own way has decided not to. Uh, and, and that was very interesting given for me with Overgirl that somehow she still managed to show that restraint with all of her ultimate power that mm-hmm. she could that she could utilize to take people out. I want to get back to Thawne because uh, I, I got to figure out how he's made it back. Um, there's really no <laughs> – <laughs> it, it, this is going to be difficult. Let, let's, let's try to go over it. Okay. Um, yeah. Thawne, so Eobard Thawne traveled back in time to kill Barry's mother and did. Season one, yeah. And in essence created an alternate timeline where Mm -hmm. Barry's mother is now dead. And he goes on to take, kill Harrison Wells, take Mm -hmm. his appearance Mm -hmm. and live life as Harrison Wells for 15 years or whatever it was. And then he is supposedly erased from existence when Eddie Thawne, his ancestor, shoots himself in the chest. Mm-hmm. So that's season one. Yep. Mm-hmm. S- season two, a previous version of Thawne, who has not traveled back yet to kill Nora Allen, shows up and said, they basically said, well, he's got to meet you or you couldn't have gone on to kill him later in his future. It's it's a loop. That mm-hmm. was my understanding. Yeah. So, so he's still running around out there. And then... Uh, end of season two, Barry goes back and creates Flashpoint by saving his mother from dying, and he takes that Thawne from that night and throws him in a cage for a while until mm-hmm. he decides to undo Flashpoint and Thawne uh, takes him back to his previous life. And that right. Thawne – all right, so that Thawne then runs away, and it's my understanding that he starts the Legion of Doom on Legends. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so that brings us up kind of to the present. The the finale of Legends with the Doom World stuff was really cool. I loved that. And then um, at the end of that conclusion to Legends, Thawn brings a bunch of versions of himself from the past to the future to one spot, and it looks like they're all taken back by the Black Flash. Correct. So from there, he ends up inexplicably on Earth X and gets Dr. Wells' body back again because reasons. Well, I think he... he <laughs> reasons... Uh, he, I thought he addressed that in the show where he... he I think he, he told Barry he likes this particular image of... He said it's the way that you first knew me. First knew me, yeah. Which is a very relative term since we're dealing with so much time travel at this point. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't get it. That's my thing. I was glad he was there. I'm always glad for Reverse Flash, um, even though I kind of like when they have the actor that actually plays Eobard Thawne. I thought that was what they should have done from this point forward. 
because it just does, doesn't make a lot of sense to why he would be Wells unless he was to be stuck in the past like he was in that situation. Um, right. I, did, did he take the body of Harrison Wells on Earth X? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that the is that the implication? Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I understood. He took the body of Earth X Harrison Wells um, because he knew he was going to eventually interact with Barry Allen again. Um, and my understanding is also that this is the original Eobard Thawne who we met in season one. And so how that occurred is way beyond me um, for all of those reasons that you just broke down into how time travel's working, but I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I, I, this is one of my reasons why I'm starting to get annoyed with the flashes because there's all of these loopholes and there's all of these, um, it diminishes stakes so often that I'm like, oh, yay, one of my favorite characters, but they bring him back in a way that I can't explain because it just doesn't make any sense in terms of what has happened so far in the show, but. I'm glad it wasn't another stupid character, though, because that would have been lame. Patricia? <laughs> <laughs> yes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, hey, how are you doing? Do you know Wait. why Ebrathon was there? <laughs> yes. Enlighten us. I don't know. Dude, every time I see the yellow suit of the reverse flash... I'm always like, God, I hate that guy. Like, that's like <laughs> the instant message that it gets flashed across my brain. I'm like, yeah, this guy again? Really? Like, oh, It's like when I see Ray Palmer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I understand. I got it. Well, Ray had one of the best scenes when he, uh, uh, if we're getting to that point, where uh, Supergirl is in the clutches of Eobard. Mm-hmm. And Ray stopped the scalpel. I love. I loved that part. I did not see that part coming, and I do agree. Like he had a good scene. I I just still don't like <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and, and then the line, the line that he had after that one was, um, oh wait, right, right before that happens, um, Supergirl says, "My cousin's going to stop you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you brought that, yeah, that was, was it you or was it David? Uh, that's so, Some of the traffic on Twitter this week is, speaking of cousins, was, where was Superman in all this? He, di- he didn't get invited to the wedding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know he didn't get invited to the wedding, but, I mean. I mean, how many of your friends' cousins do you, do you invite to your <laughs> wedding? You know? All of them. Uh, no. Not, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did have a guest list. But they did. He, Superman didn't make the cut. Yeah. Why? Why do you need Superman when you have Supergirl? And actually, in this case, you have two Supergirls. Why would you need him? Um, you wouldn't. In, in case someone commits a crime in the boys' bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you have the Flash. Then you have Oliver. Then you have Ray and all of these other male heroes. Wait now, are we are we talking about Ray Palmer or the Ray? Because he was a new character on this one that I uh, really enjoyed. Yeah, uh, you, you liked his introduction. I did, but I was confused because they said he's actually from Earth One, um, which is you know the Prime Earth where the shows mm-hmm. Arrow and Flash take place. Right now, for, now for one, why would people who aren't from Earth One call it Earth One? 
well, because they know that there are other Earths out there. Yeah. Right, but did you did you wouldn't you name your own Earth Earth one? Yeah, you would. I mean, it's like it's the Star Trek dilemma of like Earth is the center of everything. Our Earth is the center of everything, and it's better. Yeah, but at least they're in a shared universe in Star Trek. Unless these worlds have any contact with each other, there's no way they'd be like, oh yes, we are Earth two. <laughs> um, are, are the are the numbers written somewhere? I don't I don't know. No. Yes. Someone decided. Yeah, I mean, Every Earth has a big plaque right underneath of it with their name. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Well, I also found it convenient that the, that they were also looking for Kara, who just so happened to be on a different Earth than normal. So I'm just picturing this all happening on National City instead of in Central City. And, yeah, that's where my mind went. Anyway. Thawne knew about the wedding. That just that had to be the uh, explanation. But okay. they didn't RSVP until the day before. So how would they know she was coming? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. there, there was even if Ebard Thawne knew about the wedding, how did he know that Kara would be he, there? He must be able to monitor it. That's all I could think of. He he must be able to monitor it. A um, bunch of stalkers. But yeah, it's the same. Conv- it's the same plot convenience you get in any movie or show, anyway. So. So back to the Ray, I. Oh wait, I yes, just, we. I didn't. I didn't even make my point. All right, so he's from yeah. Earth One, but he wound up on Earth X, which uh-huh. we don't have any explanation for it. No. Don't and need that, it. Yeah, <laughs> and that really, and then he gets in a relationship with Leo Snart, the the citizen cold, uh, cold of Earth X, which he's a mm-hmm. really a really good guy, and he's in a relationship with the Ray. And then, for whatever reason, it's Leo that goes back to Earth-1 and leaves his boyfriend on Earth-X, but he's not even from Earth-X and presumably had nobody but his boyfriend. So I, I didn't understand that split. It just seemed kind of thrown in there like, we, we, you know, we need um, a, a cold in some future episodes. So he's just going to come over here with no explanation. Right. We, we Right. And we're also – isn't his contract – about to be up that actor and so like for whatever reason going into the crossover i thought this was his last appearance and so the way they left it i was really disoriented because i didn't understand why he would shoot his last um episode and then go back to where he could easily be a part of these stories a lot longer but i think you just said it they want to leave the door open for him that's just well yeah i i what? I, Even when they killed him off, they sure are finding a lot of doors to open to include him. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that goes back to our point. So uh, our point that we've made many times before is that that's one of the frustrating things about the Arrowverse is that there's no consequences because, especially due to the Flash and and also now Legends, even though um, they're trying to fix all the anachronisms, they. Um, there's no stakes. I mean, it can by you know all we got to do is just you know have Barry run fast enough or you know breach another timeline and you know all all is well. Let, let's talk about stakes and consequences then, because um, there was a small detail in uh, one of the first episodes when they met the doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ollie sh- of Earth One, Ollie shoots. Mm-hmm. Overgirl with a kryptonite arrow. Remember that I part? Love that. Yeah, that was so funny. Okay, but Why but do you what have are a kryptonite arrow? <laughs> Sorry. 
not why, but how does he have a kryptonite arrow? Because kryptonite is made from the radioactive remnants of krypton that were scattered throughout the cosmos after it exploded. And some of them landed on Earth along with Clark's pod and presumably along with Kara's as well. So if Oliver has kryptonite on Earth-1, that must mean krypton exploded and something traveled to Earth even on Earth-1. Mm-hmm. So is there a Superman, Kara, Monel, Rain, or surviving Kryptonians in the Arrowverse Earth One? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Because he's got Krypton. How and how would he even know it's Kryptonite? Well, like, I wonder would, after. I wonder. He after, doesn't have any Kryptonians. I wonder after the last year's crossover when he first met Kara, um, and. You know, saw the potential threat there that, you know, that they just, you know, they, they try to look for weaknesses, you know, to to the, the Kryptonian beings and and were, were able to procure it from another Earth. I don't know. Maybe. OK, that was another question as well. Um, did Kryptonite play a factor in the crossover when he met Kara last year? I'm trying to remember. I was just try- thinking about that because the Daxamites might have had some kryptonite on their ship, which did crash land on Earth One. Yeah. So whenever they were, but, whenever they were in the oh gosh, gotta go back and look at last year's crossover. But what in the Arrow show of the crossover when they were in the ship and stuff, all of them were captured. Did was krypton kryptonite involved there? I want to say it might have been. I, I couldn't remember, and I haven't really gone back to look. But if it if it wasn't if it wasn't, I'm gonna need to know why he just randomly knew kryptonite would even work. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it was because I, Kara wasn't a part of that capture. She was actually with the those who weren't captured during that part. But didn't they? Because they split into two groups. Right, I remember they split into two groups. But when they took the mind control of them and took control of Kara. Did they? I was trying to remember as part of whenever they were trying to get help her regain her her goodness. Uh, was kryptonite brought up at all? I, I just can't remember. I have to go back and look. That is my uh, big question from the crossover. Was the what was the word? A smoking arrow. That's the smoking arrow from the crossover for me, Jay Sandlin. Is is the podcast over? <laughs> <laughs> That was just like a great sign off, yeah. like no, and I'm like, oh, we're done. Okay, cool. That Mike, Mike. I didn't get to. Okay. Mike, no, it's your show. Your show. That was Mike I was up. just claiming that. Well, one. I think if that's a, if, if we're looking at biggest misstep, that could be one of them. It's like how you explain the how you explain Oliver knowing the the fact that you know, that, that that was her weakness, given that presumably there's no Kryptonians and they're one. If there's kryptonite, there must be Kryptonians. I mean, I don't know. And they normally accompany one another when they yeah, uh, show up yeah. on Earth. So, how did you guys feel about Kara and Oliver being married from Earth X? Okay, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> the resident Elicity shipper will take that one. Um, I actually liked it more than I thought I would when I heard about it. Um, 
because I thought that that's probably why Will had some problems with Dark Arrow is because Oliver didn't seem because of his relationship with Overgirl, he did not seem as villainous as he could have been without that, especially in some of the scenes. He had some very similar facial expressions and just like little hints that I have seen Stephen Amell do whenever he's talking to Felicity in other scenes. Um, so he, he did a good job of making you realize that this relationship in that context on that earth is very on par with who we know Oliver to be on our earth and in our story. And I, I also, um, I liked the inclusion of Tommy Merlin, even though it kind of felt like we're just going to place this Easter egg here because it um, makes a little bit of sense. And Fans have been wanting to see Tommy Merlin come back for years now, so we're just going to do it. And it it wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it could have been because that scene was really short. But, but yeah. Oh, my one big thing, though, about Orber Girl is I don't think Melissa Benoist can act evil. <laughs> I had some issues with her acting throughout the entire episode. <laughs> That's just me. I... Yeah, no, I had some issues too, but then I got, I don't know if I got used to her or if it just sort of grew on me. I thought she's not going to do too, like my expectations were real low. So I was actually surprised at how well she did. So. She got, she went on Broadville. Like she just, she <laughs> overpronunciated a lot of words and then she she just would make these facial expressions like sinister and I'm like I can see you acting <laughs> like you, that does not look natural <laughs> what are you doing and it just felt much more like a caricature than the evil version of Kara Danvers as we know Kara so um I felt like it was kind of a misstep for her and a missed opportunity there um but you know I I think the actors had a lot of fun because none of them have shared many sc- much screen time in the past. And I think that um, came through and um, I loved the Felicity smoke earth X appearance. Ha ha. Yeah. Use yeah. That in future videos. Yeah. Anyway, that was also great. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That was very, yeah. And the, so I have seen the Arrow writers get a lot of crap for how they have used her Jewish heritage in the past. And so if they had not followed through with that in this particular scenario, um, they would have gotten a lot of shit. Um, so I'm glad that they made sure to bring that up and bring it to life a lot more. Yeah, that was definitely one of my one of the highlights to me of, of, of the crossover was that, that very powerful scene. And also uh, seeing how Earth One Oliver reacted to uh, seeing Felicity come out. I thought that was, I, th- I thought Stephen did a real, really, really good job there. Um, you, know, you know, actually coming face to face with the doppelganger of, of, of Felicity. Uh, Cause we, you know, obviously we've never had that before and just uh, seeing her in that moment. Um, and, her being so strong in that moment, you know, I think it, uh, yeah, it, it was, just, it was just a very strong for the, like I said, it was part three. That was one of the highlights of that, 
episode that really sticks out to me. So, so Jay, what are yes. your thoughts on the differences between how the how this ended in the sense that Barry confronts Eobard and chooses not to kill him, and then um, we have Dark Dark Arrow and Arrow face off, and Oliver does end up killing Dark Arrow at the very end. Um, why do you think they did that? Okay, well, number one, Barry and Eobard. Um, Eobard's like, haha, you can't kill me because it's your character. But why not just go ahead and kill him because he's just going to keep coming back anyway. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. it, it really doesn't count. It's like saying you're a murderer if you killed Kenny on South Park. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then as far as the Fuhrer, which w we didn't mention that the Dark Arrow, and it kind of took me a while to realize that, that mm -hmm. the Dark Arrow is the Fuhrer mm -hmm. of the Fatherland on Earth-X. So right. Oliver yeah. Queen has, you know, he's a mayor. The Fuhrer basically rules the world. Um, and I think that goes back to his relationship with Overgirl. That's who is the power behind the throne. That's mm -hmm. who's allowing him to rule the planet. So I don't think someone as um, sociopathic and evil as the Fuhrer version of Oliver could could uh, truly understand the uh, emotion of love. I don't think he loves Overgirl, except to the point that she's a tool to secure his power. And when she died, he saw his power dying with her. Um, as far as why Oliver chose to kill him um, – I, I really don't have a good answer. I guess it was just to clean up the mess because they don't want to leave doppelgangers out there for future questions. Right. Um, maybe he plans to like to put him in uh, put the let's see, put the Earth X Oliver's corpse in his Green Arrow costume and leave it on the steps of the FBI and just say he did it. It was my evil twin, <laughs> and they'll drop all charges. Case closed. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just going through that episode in my mind. <laughs> that would all work because they also have an evil version of Laurel Lance running around these days. So I guess Star City would buy an evil twin theory out there. You never oh, know. Oh, see now that's some. If he had survived, let's say the Fuhrer survives. I mean, Oliver survived worse than an arrow in the chest. Maybe he will go on like uh, doppelgangermatch.com and start dating Black Siren. There we go. And they can live happily ever after, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to enslave the planet. I just um, threw up in my mouth, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm just going to, it's okay. It's never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so illicity. So let's, let's, let's. No, I just, I don't know. <laughs> never mind. <though. laughs> well, since I, that. since I, so this has been a topic of, much consternation on the uh, Twitterverse this week, and might as well let's go ahead and address it. Uh, we and actually we ran a actually I put up a poll on our on our on our uh, CNNR page just to see what people thought about the double the double wedding, and you know the overwhelming response was at least in our poll was you know people didn't have big didn't have any problems with it, uh, but of course there has been a lot of outcry from especially the West Island quarters. Um, just did not like it. So toss it out to the to the assembled uh, crossover podcast here. What what were your thoughts? Were you okay with it? Do you think it cheapened 
the moment for both these couples or, um, yeah, I, I like to hear everybody's thoughts. Sarah, you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. How did I feel about the double wedding? I think Barry and Iris got, had their day screwed up from the very beginning. And so I think if you want to cry unfair, it started with the Nazis. It wasn't necessarily an illicity thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I had this all worked out in my head. Well, but I'm not really sure how to answer. I, I, I it was fine. I saw it coming. I don't care. Well, we all, knew, we all knew it was coming. We, I mean, it's been rumored, we, yeah, it's been rumored it, for months. But you know, no, there were there were leaked photos, and of it. Leaked, like it wasn't like there yeah. was rumors; it was leaked photos. And like leaked, this is going to happen. Yeah, but seeing it, yeah, but seeing it actually carried out. I mean, to me, uh, I'll go ahead and put it out there. To me, it, it cheapened for both both couples. I thought it was a bad thing because for the Elicity folks, you know, they have been wanting this moment for a very long time. And you've already had it, though. You've had it, but I mean, it, it doesn't give. I mean, to me, it wasn't necessary for them to do it here on this crossover show. I mean, it would be better off just to like, as they have their reception next week, just do it on each each individual show. I mean, it does take away from. I mean, I, I think it just takes away from the moment for for both for both groups. Yeah, I I agreed. I would just I, I, it didn't bother me, but it felt tacked on, and I it just gave me the sense that they wanted to get it done and move past it. Uh, that was the idea that I got. Yeah, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna have to uh, leave us on that idea because I have to go help give my toddler some medicine. He is not wanting to cooperate, oh. so I'm oh. I am being summoned by my overgirl, and uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to uh, listen. She she said, um, Jay, would you care to step outside your podcast studio? Okay. okay. <laughs> um, do you just want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Check me out on Twitter at Jay Sandlin Writer. Um, I love the crossover. I love talking to you about it. And uh, check us out on our show, Who Would Win? It's uh, www hero podcast. Um, you guys have a great night. Thanks so much. You too. You too. Bye. So the double so my- wedding. Mm-hmm. The double wedding. Um, you know, I thought it was a nice idea. I don't know if it had enough of an of like the words and the that they were saying. Like the script was beautifully written, and it was very nice. But I don't think it had the overall effect for me on the double wedding working the way that it did. But I do understand their reasoning because. Oliver and Felicity had their, um, you know, their wedding and it got messed up and she got, because she was in a wedding dress at one point, right? She, she was, but so, okay, what really happened is they got engaged and then she got shot and then they oh. broke up and after they broke up, they had to pose as if they were getting married because um, Cupid was on the loose in Star City. Right. That. So I think the fact that they already had a fake wedding for for them and then they had, you know, Iris and Barry's wedding that just completely got derailed. Um, they already had the big white dress. 
type ceremony thing. So, I, th- I mean, I'm on the fence about it. Like, there's some points where I'm like, I'm sad they did it that way. But then the other side of me is like, well, how else were they going to do it? They already had, we already got to see their big white dresses and, you know, everybody that showed up and all that kind right. of good stuff. So... No, I see you sound like where I am with it, which is also on the fence in the sense that I knew it was going to happen. I knew how it was going to happen. And so before even watching it, I would already knew what to expect and to kind of not have my expectations too high. Um, and to what you were saying about the script, I felt like all of Wes Allen's um, script was perfect and on point. What was tacked on was all of the illicity stuff like that whole like interruption immediately. Suddenly, I felt like a writer took over mm-hmm. and just wrote a bunch of scribbles. And I'm like, whoa, that's a little off putting. At the same time, I know this week on Arrow, I'm going to get all the lovely lovey dovey stuff from my my team. Right. Because we're going to have an official a more official wedding reception play out. And so, um, which I think West Allen fans should be more offended about because this week on the flash, it's all about the thinker. It's not about the fact that Barry and Iris are married now. No. Yeah. yeah they're not even going so to get a honeymoon. I think, yeah. I think that should cause more outrage than, than this little event of having a double wedding, which I've heard recently that that was a concept since the crossover of last year. Greg Berlanti said, we're going to do a double wedding. That's the only way we can Im- um, expand upon the crossovers and try to one-up us is to do a double wedding. So that's always been the plan. Well, okay, so I don't follow the shows on Twitter as closely as you and Will do. I like to be surprised when I go in. And so, like, for the double wedding thing, like, that has been huge on Twitter to where even I've heard of it, um, you know, before this whole thing happened, like, months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. Um, so this concept to me, like, I had such a different thing in my head. Like, they were both going to be in white dresses. There was going to be two reverends. There was going to be a giant big church and, like, lots of flowers and stuff, you know, it was just going to be huge and over the top. It wasn't going to be in jeans and jackets with Diggle marrying them. And I thought, although it was lovely that Diggle married Iris West, I thought it was a little weird that he married Iris West. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like they didn't know anybody else to, you know, well, it just—it it, it just seemed like a go to the courthouse. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like a very hastily put together scene. I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. and, and and I guess like, and I guess that's the part that just—if anything bothers me about it, it just seems like, oh, we're just going to do this. You know, we said we're going to do it, and we're just going to like throw the scene together and and execute it this way. I. I'm like you, Patricia, even though I saw the photos, the still photos from this, you know, on Twitter and everything, I still had envisioned something different than it being just, just a very abrupt, like, 
how Felicity just kind of brought it up. <laughs> it just, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, again, it, it just didn't, to me, didn't honor not only these, these characters, but also the fans of these characters and the relationships that, the shipping that has been built up around West Island and, and Elicity. It just seemed kind of thrown together. So, I, my intent was not to have the whole episode a whole recording talk about this, yeah. but I do want to throw out there um, w- and ask you both what you thought about the whole pathos that occurred between Oliver and Felicity throughout the entire crossover episode, because this season on Arrow, they finally have gotten back together. They're, they're slowly taking step forwards, but it's so soon that and yet on the first part of this crossover we have Oliver do a another very rushed and very odd place to um to ask Felicity to marry him and that's kind of puts this whole storyline on course to where we end up and so what did you guys think about the fact that Felicity clearly states that she does not want to marry him because of everything that happened when they first got engaged and how that was the beginning of the end. Is this the beginning of the end? And also keep in mind of what happened between Dark Arrow and Overgirl and how they were married and they both died by the end of um, the crossover. Hmm. Well, I, I, when I, was first listening to their little tiff that they had at the rehearsal dinner. And she was like, I don't need a piece of paper to say that I'm committed to you. Or she said something about a piece of paper. Yeah. And I, my thought immediately went to the fact that, Oh shit, she's already married and the court system won't let her. Get <laughs> yeah. Cause Felicity smoke cannot override any court records. No, that's, that's very above her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but my thought went to that, and I was like, how cool of a storyline would that be if she was married to someone, like, in college or something, and she never told him, or... Yeah, yeah. like Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would put, yeah. Uh, that, that would be a total CW move, but... Uh, <laughs> but she's not. But she's not. So... Yeah. Will? Yeah. I, you know, it was... It was very interesting to see the... All how they've built this, how they've built their rebuilt their romantic relationship this season, um, and then uh, it's, I had a different feel take on it. It was I, I liked the I liked the fact that you know, they they took the commitment foe thing and flipped it on its head. Usually, you know, a lot of, in, in many cases, it's always the guy who's the commitment foe, or we you know we mm-hmm. don't need the, the paper or whatever. But I like how they flipped it over around, and instead of you know Felicity, the woman being all dreamy eyed and like, oh, we must get married and have the big ceremony and stuff, it was actually gruff, tough Oliver falling into that, you know, get swept up in the emotions of the moment of Barry and Iris's wedding that actually caused him to be like, oh, we need to do this, this, <laughs> and uh, so I, I actually it was. Uh, for me, it was actually enjoyable seeing that aspect play out in the crossover versus in their right. in their regular show because um, 
and you know, and again, I guess I was, you know, hoping that that would carry all the way through. And then when he when it did have the ceremony at the end of the show, you know, we would have had those uh, a, a, a more superhero fairy tale esque wedding than what we got. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I did not expect them to do the commitment phobe, um, but that is so Felicity and her entire um, character because I feel like they've always made that twist. Um, but I thought they they were trying to do. I I I feel like for this for what occurred in this crossover, how it ended, all the views about marriage that were brought up. I, I have a feeling that they're kind of the writers are kind of getting at the idea that these heroes can never be married. So why would you want to do it to begin with? <laughs> um, and so I just I, I'm not sure if it's spelling out doom. But like I said at the beginning of this recording, I'm not really sure where we're going from here. I understand we have the thinker and Caden James still out there and a lot of plot to still uncover. Um, but for me right now, I'm just like, okay, so both of our prime couples are married. Mm-hmm. Monel's back, um, but he's married to somebody else, um, which I read some interesting theories about that over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys, so Patricia, have you heard about this theory that's going on about um, Monel's marriage to Saturn Girl? No, I haven't heard anything. So the, <laughs> enlighten this, me, Sarah, please. The rumor, the rumor is that there is a storyline, I think it's from the Justice League cartoon, maybe? Mm-hmm. Right, Well, There's right, Justice League right, cartoon right, also right. In, the, okay. in the comics as well. About. In the comics as well, where she does some screwed up stuff and messes with people's minds and their memories. And so the theory is that they are paying an homage to that by having Monel and her be married. But really, it's just Saturn Girl putting in these memories that they are married when in fact they are not. Yeah. If, if I recall in the comic book, I think Saturn girl had a big crush on, it was Superman, if I recall. So yeah, I'll but super would any day. Yeah. No, but I mean, basically super, <laughs> super girl in, in the, in the, in the TV show, they're just basically standing in Supergirl for versus Superman. But yeah, but you're, 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 your own point though that that is basically what the uh, what the theory is is sort of floating out there right now. And that is why he is still wearing the necklace. Yep. That's sub- <laughs> yeah, subconsciously he can't he's like I know this is not right. But I don't know why. <laughs> Kara locked that guy down a long time ago. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's like a magnet. <laughs> what were you going to say Patricia? So my question is, is Saturn Girl a good guy or a bad guy? Is she sort of... She's misunderstood. Okay, so she's like Cupid from from She's a little bit more sane than Cupid, I would imagine. But she's she's most likely to have a redemption arc if this actually is what is going on in that show. Hmm. Oh, wait. Another side, like... 
complete thought. Where's the guy that's he can get stretchy out from Flash? Oh, I'll get it, man. Thank, thankfully, he was <laughs> not around during a crossover. <laughs> he was not invited. He was not wedding. invited, thankfully. Because of that atrocious episode a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. They were like, do we need him? No, no we do not. No, no. <laughs> also, Wally got completely sidelined this time, too, again. Yeah. But Wally had one of the best scenes in the crossover. He did. He did. Like, that that kid pulls the moves I have not seen Barry Allen use. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah, if... if yeah, even though he was sidelined for the last three episodes, uh, the, that moment uh, he had during the wedding ceremony was uh, that, that was pretty dope. I have to... It is it is weird though to go off of Patricia's point though that you see him, he engages in the fight, and then he disappears, yeah. and he's nowhere to be found because he's suddenly like, oh, Nazis are attacking my sister and her boy or her quasi still fiance can can handle it yeah. yeah 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 there was no and there was no trusty like you know board to like hit him upside the head to put him out of commission like cisco he just we need you to stay back here the only one and you know safe you know guard the city but oh he was in charge of cecile and joe that's where he went yeah now it's coming back well, to me yeah because they disappeared that, too yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this this brings up what I was getting out before, where I just felt like as a whole, the Flash show was pretty much sidelined throughout. Like out of all the shows, I felt like they had the least to do in terms of this crossover. I mean, Tom Cavanaugh had a lot to do, but I I just everybody else kind of just was like there. And then they weren't. I do appreciate the great interactions, um, the great pairing of Iris and Felicity. Um, They should do that more often. Um, In my mind, I've always viewed them as very different characters, but this crossover made me realize how similar they are um, and how, like, if they were real life people, yeah, they would be. They would be really good friends. I could just see it through how they interacted and how they were there for each other. I did have an issue with them only talking about marriage. Um, don't do that, writers. <laughs> no, if you're going to put two females on the screen together, have them talk about like the fight that's happening or other things. Like It doesn't have to be about marriage, but granted, this whole crossover is centered around a marriage. So whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. It's okay. I did enjoy the um, Caitlin's character, Frost. Mm-hmm. I can't. Killer Frost. Yeah. yeah. Killer Frost. Yeah. I couldn't remember the first yeah. word for not, a minute not, there. Not, Sorry. Not so much killer these days, but yeah. But. Oh. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed the little interactions that she had with Mick, like Mick trying to like yelling boo behind her while they're all trying to work on things. It's like, that was just really nice little touches that sort of kept the characters, like the side characters, not the main characters, but the side characters interesting and relevant to the storyline. And I just, they had a lot 
on their plate to make this whole thing happen. And I think they did a really good job of when they brought people onto the screen and when they took them off and how they interacted with each other. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really enjoyed this whole crossover. I thought it was well executed and um, there was some surprises. I really liked how Supergirl characters are, um, they're limited to how many they can bring over and have it make sense. And so instead of bringing over everyone, they just brought over Alex and allowed Alex to go on her own journey. And then they also used the Earth Earth X scenario to incorporate Win mm-hmm. um, and even James at the beginning there, Jimmy at the beginning, he had a little appearance as well. And I thought that was very smart and clever. Yeah. yeah. So, so they kind of, they use the whole scenario to their advantage for sure. Um, I guess I just, I was so used to last um, the last crossover being very focused on Barry and Cisco to then suddenly be more focused on Supergirl and Oliver. I'm just like, what? What's going on? Okay, cool. This is fine. Yeah, but I, yeah, I was gonna say, even though they did that, or even though, I mean, because I feel like each character, each main character gets enough screen time, but because last time was focused on, you know, Barry and Cisco, and um, this time it was sort of focused on Supergirl and Arrow. It was it was well balanced in comparison to last year. So. And also thought they did a fair job with the Legends characters as well. I mean, we hadn't even talked about Firestorm and you know Doctor Professor Stein and. Yes. Oh my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't feel bad. I, it, it, you know, again, it was one of those things. I knew it was coming, but actually, it, when it happened, I I, I I I was choked up as well. Um, it was, I was not. I know you have no heart, there, Sarah. Unless it's eliciting, so <laughs> we we've established that. <laughs> Rude and very offended right now, but it's true. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, it was hard, I, you know. I guess given that Stan started on the Flash and moved over to Legends, and um, you know, just uh, the interaction between um, Stan and um, Jefferson. Jefferson um, it, yeah, it, 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 if he had, it was it was a good way to close that close that arc. And I hope they don't like cheapen it by opening some trap door to bring Stan back. Oh, they will. They will. I think they've already hinted at, at the Legends of Tomorrow trailer for their next episode. That'll be, Just saying. That'll be quite the trick. Trailer. That'll be quite the trick. I mean, they may have another firestorm, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be great. Oh, it's not going to be great, but you don't, you can, okay, you're dealing with a show about time travel. Yeah. And they have already introduced a younger version of Stein. So so it doesn't have to be old man Stein. It can be young Stein. And then you would still get Firestorm. Mm. And you would still have a loophole of how you could get Firestorm Storm with Stein 
but not and have effectively killed off Victor Garber's character. Yeah, yeah, true, true. See, time travel ruins everything. Yes, no. yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean it like that. It's just that um, it's it's part of the reasons why I'm not. I'm not on board with Legends. I just feel like ever since that show came into this universe, we've had loophole after loophole after loophole, and it just makes this a bigger issue. And exactly what Jay was saying earlier about um, Ebard Thon is that you now have these characters jumping shows, and yet they're not consistent in terms of the universe. So are we going to consistently share these characters and make sure that the storylines migrate with them? Or is it just like, oh, now I'm on Legends, so I start back with Plan Zero. I will say, though, that the one scene I really did appreciate between um, was between Stein and Caitlin, mm-hmm. I think in the Supergirl episode, um, and he mentioned like the last time me and you were at a wedding, it was yours. Yeah, that was a nice. That was a nice I, touch. I was just like, oh, oh, that hit me in the feels because that that is so that is such a good reminder for how integral Stein has been in this universe for such a long time, and also who Caitlin is and how she's associated um, and where she comes from. And I wish they could have um, strengthened that a little bit more. Um, And, and I'm glad you like killer frost, Patricia, but I am really starting to get a bit annoyed because it is so convenient now. I thought it was going to be so hard for her to go from Caitlin to killer frost. And now it's like flip of the switch. Zip of the switch. Yeah. I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> well, we've seen it before. We've seen it before. It's called the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> true, true. I'm always angry. What were you going to say, Patricia? Well, okay, so on Killer Frost's topic, um, I feel like there could have been a little bit more of an evolution to her point of where she can just go back and forth. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if they had done that evolution a little bit better in a previous episode before the crossover, it would have been fine. But you're right. Her just using it as a flip of the switch kind of thing. Yeah. At this point with where they have the storyline, it's a little bit tough to be like, okay, well that's like real easy. And the fact that Caitlin is able or killer frost is able to control herself more. Like where did all of that rage go? Like she still has a tude, like an attitude that where she's like sassy, but where did that? I don't care about anybody. I just care about myself kind of thing go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a completely different version of that character than who we met last season. And there was that great storyline and a vendetta between Killer Frost and Barry. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had something there. And now, as the episodes go on, it becomes it's it's much more of a gimmick than it was at the beginning of season three where you felt like there's some real anger there and there's some real betrayal. 
um, and some real motivation for this character in this um, this dichotomy between a friend of Barry and an enemy of Barry. And they just have swept it all under the rug. Um, Granted, this week we get to see um, Caitlin interact with um, Amunet Black, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Amunet Black? Amunet Black, yeah. 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 So... Hopefully some some more of that anger comes back, but it was just too convenient. Yeah, or anger comes back, or maybe an explanation for why she's able to do this this easy flip, you know, flip of the switch, uh, yeah, back and forth between Caitlyn and, and Killer Frost. Hmm. I wanted to go back to Stein for a minute. Something that really ticked me off is when he was laying there and having his, like, final words with Jackson, and he was like, just hand me the vial. Then Jax handed him the vial, you know, of the stuff that was supposed to separate them. Mm -hmm. I just thought, like, one, it was super emotional. Like, the words that they were saying were really emotional, and it really hit me in the feels, and they got the scripts perfect for this whole crossover thing. But then the actions of the people involved are totally different. Like, the actions and the words don't go together. Like, because Caitlin and and um, Ray... Palmer have that little conversation in the hallway when she's like, there's nothing I can figure out what to do. And then Ray is like, well, we have so many smart people here. We'll figure something out. Then there's no interaction with anybody between the cut scenes of they're, they're going to try to figure it out. And then all of a sudden he's like, just give me the vial. Just give me the vial Jackson. And you're like, what happened to trying to figure it out? Well, I think, yeah, well, I think part of that was hastened because he was shot. So yeah. there was no, you know, the opportunity, you know, earlier in the crossover, they were trying to figure it out um, as, you know, as Jefferson and, and, and Gray were trying to, uh, well, well you know, work through their feelings as far as, you know, Stan was, you know, super excited about being able to finally be able to go to another life. And then, you know, Jefferson was obviously, you know, not happy about it because, you know, he had come to see him as a father and a true partner and everything else. So, uh, you know, that was the opportunity for them to do that. And it, obviously the, the, the Nazis came and that pretty much took all the focus away from the team on other, other issues. Yeah. I don't know. That was just something I wanted to mention that I was sort of fired up about when I was watching it. Like, I was mentally upset, but I was, like, also, like, I was crying because I was sad of what was happening, but then I was super upset with how easily they just sort of, like, threw it together. Like, yep, he's dead, and, you know, because Jax handed him the vial of the stuff to separate them. Like, it was too... Easy, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse about that <laughs> one. <laughs> so the road ahead, we've we've been through the crossover. So um, 
I know we have the whole Monel with Saturn Girl um, story. Um, Rain, what do y'all think of? Do you think it's too soon for Rain to show her appearance in Natural City? No, I'm I'm actually surprised they were able to keep that under wraps um, and leave it for the mid-season finale. I find that a lot of the Arrowverse shows usually allow their villain to make a full appearance prior to the crossover. So I'm actually pretty happy that they held that back and allowed a an actual arc to form around that character. Um, and so I I'm I'm curious to see where how that is going to end to lead us into the second half of the season. Um, that first confrontation anyhow. Um, I'm also picking up major feels between um, Jimmy and Lena. So mm. yes. that's going to be a plot line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Patricia agrees with me. I'm not, I'm not like the only, I'm not, sometimes I'm always curious when I watch these shows, like, am I just making this up or are they making hard eyes at each other? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and then on the flash, we have the thinker who's going to show up again. Yep, and it looks like we're going to get an introduction of uh, another villain this week. We will? Yeah. Yeah, it's a new character, I think, uh, his name Brainstorm. Uh. So, <laughs> yeah, so check this out. So, the, 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 the powers is. And this meta particular, this meta has is basically the ability to uh, 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 read people's uh, thoughts um, in, in, without, you know, and um, unintentionally. Sort of like what we see in the Gifted sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but um, that's. I think this character is supposed to debut at the end of uh, end of this this week's episode. Mm. Um, that character may have to do with something that was mentioned last season um, when Barry went went forward in time mm-hmm. and met Barry Allen, who lost Iris. Yeah. And they mentioned a um, something they had to create in their attack on the Thinker, but this may I I, I can see how that would um that association could get pulled into why they would need another villain um okay yeah okay so there's that and also uh also another character i don't think he's going to be introducing the uh mid-season but apparently there's another new meta called fallout coming out as well the wwe yeah that's the uh i guess it's meta what's with all the characters that's another meta um why there's this one is gold. Actually, apparently the wrestler Goldberg from WWE is going to be the uh, uh-huh. yeah. But I think his his power is just the uh, ability to. I think he obviously Fallout obviously is nuclear, so um, I think it's inadvertently hurting his family. I think there's like a little minor arc, maybe two episodes. Oh, oh I think I read Deadline.com. So, yeah, so those are the two characters. But I want to talk about the speaker just for a moment about some of the things that happened in the episode pre-crossover. 
Um, and I mentioned this before on Twitter, but I wanted to drop it here and get your thoughts, Sarah and, and Patricia as well. So remember, and Sarah, you made you, you you corrected me on this point about when Barry went through that first time shift where he went back in time, and, mm-hmm. or went forward in time and saw we saw Killer Frost for the first time, and then we saw Barry in jail. So I think it was back in time. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking that. My thought on this is that that scene where we saw Barry sitting in jail and all the things that the thinker is doing with all this this whole Barry stalking the fam, the the thinker and his wife and all that kind of stuff, I think he's setting himself up to frame Barry for murder. I know that. So we'll have a trial of Barry Allen. I don't know if we'll have it in season four, but maybe in season five. For murder? Yes. Well, that actually, that makes sense because he has restrained himself from murdering people. I mean, just like the example with Thawne, you know, in the crossover, he just lets him go. Well, I think in this context, the thinker's illness is going to, he's going to die from his illness, but he's going to set things up to make it appear to very kill him. Okay. But that's like, sorry, my brain just like light bulb. (laughs) Sorry. Go Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was, I was just like, no, um, that was it. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm that. so confused. Um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't meaning like, um, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm totally on board with that. I just want to know why he is so out to get Barry. Yeah, that's like that's the I missing still point. have. Like that, that piece is so integral to me either being like, oh, I can't wait for next week. I want to see how this unfolds without the motivation. I'm just like, yeah, he's trying to get the flash because the flash did something. The only thing that I was thinking about this weekend um, is about why the thinker may be after Barry is because he knows that Barry is the flash. He also went through this a lot of took a lot of measures to create this invention that he would he thought was going to save the world and he thought was going to impact and put his name in the history books um when in reality the aftermath of that the particle accelerator that that brought to life the flash mm-hmm. and that everything the heroism of the Flash has overshadowed anything the thinker could ever do. So I feel like maybe there's just a vendetta against the Flash because he, um, pun intended, stole his thunder. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes that's a good theory. I guess you know gets to our one of our concerns with any of these very long seasons. How are you gonna pull that? out for you know for for 14 more episodes i guess right which is why i like your idea about it's going to be a setup for the murder of devoe and so i can see them doing that like um at their 15th episode and then the back half of the season be the trial of barry allen which brings up this idea that um, Barry's always made a choice not to kill mm-hmm. um, and it also threatens his identity from being linked 
Um, and this is a really good parallelism between him and Oliver, and I think would open up an opportunity for another mini crossover to occur, considering um, what Oliver is going through in Arrow right now and being out on bail for being accused of being the Arrow um, and murder, essentially. Um, and so maybe that's why, in terms of this crossover, they did have make it a point of showing Barry letting Neobards go while Oliver killing the Dark Arrow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I think we just wrote the the next half of both shows. I think we did. did is that what just occurred? I think we did. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel like you need a paycheck from the CW writers right now. Yeah. Do. I so so let's let's talk about Arrow for one second. Um, they released the trailer and the trailer shows the official marriage reception. Yes, we get to see Deagle dance. Um, I found that out through a different source, and um, <laughs> they also brought up something that I never thought about before. But apparently. There is a member of Team Arrow who has decided that they are going to out Oliver and um, and say that, yes, he is the Green Arrow. Do, who do you guys think it is? Uh, I don't like, think it's... Team member? Like, personally, I don't think it's anybody on the immediate team. I think it's going to be somebody from the team, like... That's not on the team anymore, and I can't think of anybody right now. Like, like uh, Roy Harper? Mm, yeah. See, I'm, think, Even though, I'm thinking it might be Renee. Okay. Why Renee? Because I think the FBI is going to use his daughter as leverage. Okay. Yep, and then that would make sense in terms of the over-thematics of um, father and sons, in this case, father and daughter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Um, my one thought on it, and it just came to me earlier, is um, it could be Dinah. And it could be Dinah because of her relationship with the vigilante. Mm. And there, she may she may need to out Oliver to protect the vigilante um, in some weird way that they haven't really explained. All I know is that they leading up to the season, there was a lot of articles about Dinah's character and her arc this season. And they said that she makes some decisions in the first half of the season that have some very dramatic consequences for the second half. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of that except for about the episode that showed the vigilante being her former lover and former partner and them squaring off and her purposely letting him go. Um, so I wonder if that's going to come full circle and um, put her at odds with Oliver. Um, well, at odds with now the family, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's a good middle arc, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I like your theory. I mean, I, that's... Yeah. I like both of your guys' theories. It's way better than the one I came up with. It's going to be Roy Harper. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they they keep hinting that Colton's gonna come yeah. back to the show though. Yeah. So very well. I hope he does. He's gonna come back for Thea. That's what's gonna happen. Well, she's awake. She's awake now. now yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> Thea unwittingly like uh, says something. Okay, Patricia, do you got any predictions for Legends of Tomorrow before we close out the show? Uh, no. <laughs> um. Well, I'm really one one thing. I they were working on a solution to get Stein and Jefferson separated, and so him dying, I was actually surprised that Stein died. And who knows if he's going to be brought back or not, but I'm just surprised that they actually decided to make the solution killing him off. And I think they did that for shock and off actor, which worked. Um, I think with him gone that we're going to see Jefferson go through some one depression to where do I fit in with the team? Is he going to try to get his own superpowers? Like, Stein was trying to give him powers of a of spider being able to stick to things, <laughs> um, you know. And with um, Snart being back on Earth One, but he didn't. I don't know if he went with the Legends on the ship when he left, or if he's just sort of like roaming around. If he did go with them, because I know that he on Earth X he mentioned that. Um, Mick Stoppelganger was actually a really good guy and died saving cops from a burning building and, you know, this big dramatic thing, but it made it seem like he had an emotional connection to Mick. And I think because Snart's character from Earth X is gay, maybe they had a romantic relationship on Earth X between him and Mick, not just platonic. And I think it would be really interesting and really comical to see Mick's reaction to um, Snart X, X Snart, whatever, um, explaining how their relationship worked or something like that. I think that'd be interesting. So those are my predictions. They're real out there, I know. But still. Ta-da! Well, that's why we invite you to this show. You drop the knowledge and drop the predictions left and right. So, thank you for coming. I try real hard. (laughs) Real hard. Real, real hard. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Um, Patricia, why don't you tell listeners where they can find you? They can find me at PRMiller20. That's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-2-0. On Twitter. And Will, where can they find you? Yes, they, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter, at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Um, as well as many other podcast apps. Thank you for listening. It's been great. Until next time, this is Cena Nerd. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>